You know, I love it when our kids are a part of what God is doing because we cannot forget about our kids. Our kids, they, they learn about Jesus Christ, and as they continue to grow up, the hope is that they continue their relationship with Jesus because we all need the Lord. You know, we come to a place in life that, that we hit a hard time or a, a difficult season, and when we have the Lord, we have hope. And so we're just doing our very best so that our kids can grow up with the same kind of hope. So thank you, parents, for raising your kids in the ways of the Lord. Many of them drag you to church as it should be. And it should stay that way where our kids love church so much because they love Jesus. Also, thank you to all of you who gave towards our angel tree. And yesterday they gave out the gifts. So thank you for, for doing that. And uh, making sure that these kids get a gift uh, this season. Also, for those that were a part of our uh, Christmas program on Wednesday and Friday, thank you for participating and, and for you inviting your family and friends. We had over 1,700 people come for those two nights, and it was just a wonderful time that we could talk about Jesus Christ and this season of Christmas. Because Christmas will come and go. And although we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th, it's much more than the day. It's the person that we celebrate. And all throughout the world, we're impacted by Christmas. Some will celebrate, some won't. Some understand what Christmas is all about, and some are learning. Some shun away from celebrating Christmas. But we understand that Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus Christ and the simple act that God did during this season. That He so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son during the season of Christmas. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. And although we'll be having gifts and we'll be with family and friends, Christmas changed the history of mankind. That gift that God gave to us changed everything. And Christmas just has that kind of impact on us. I remember when we first were married, Heidi and I, that we had to decide where we were going to spend Christmas. Were we going to spend Christmas with her parents, or are we going to, or were we going to spend Christmas with my parents? Now it was difficult because we lived here, and my parent, uh, my mom, lived on Oahu, so we would actually spend Christmas morning here, and then fly out Christmas morning to spend Christmas there. After a couple of years, we're like, we're done. We're not going to be traveling on Christmas Day because it's, it's so, you have to rush. And the security at the airport wasn't like it is today, so you could, you know, get through quicker. But I remember running to the gate with my son, and he was just a little, uh, a little kid at that time. And, and you know when you're rushing with your child, you're kind of dragging them, but they kind of got the routine, so every five steps they just tiptoe, and they're kind of just bouncing along the way, and you just drag them along. And so we're doing that, and I got to prepare him. I said, okay, Jay, um, how old are you? Three. No, today you're two. You're not three today. How old are you? I'm three. No, 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 no. When we fly, you're two. Because <laughs> you fly free, right? And so people lie. But that's, that's before Christ. Now we're honest. And so we would fly. And, and the family had to wait till we got there to open the gifts. And so they're all mad. By the time we get there, it's lunchtime. Imagine that, kids, Christmas morning, you have to wait till lunchtime. 
Now some of you say, we do wait till lunchtime. We do have to wait for everyone. But we go through all of that trouble and traveling and all of that, not because of the destination, but because who we were spending Christmas with. That's why we went through all of that trouble. It, it was because we were going to be with family. Now in the Bible, there were some wise men who had to travel also. And they had to travel a far distant, a distance to see the Savior, to find the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ. And so they traveled a far distance. And when they got there, their lives changed. And we want to learn this morning how Christmas impacts us and what we can learn from these wise men who, once they found the Christ, changed their world. I'm going to read in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Matthew chapter 1. If not, I'll read it and, and you can follow along in, in the story that I'm going to read. But I wonder, what did these wise men go through? Because they had to travel a far distance. And then, why go through all of that trouble just to find this baby in this manger? Because there was no place for them to have their child for Mary and Joseph. And so they had their baby in this stable. But why go through all that trouble to travel that far? Well, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So they had not slept together, and so now she's with child. And the child is given by the person of the Holy Spirit. So this is no ordinary conception. It is where God does a miraculous thing. And it was prophesied that the virgins shall conceive. And so Joseph, not wanting to disgrace her, wanted to kind of hide it secretly. Because he didn't want her to look like a public... He didn't want it to be a public spectacle where oh, people would say things against Mary and Joseph. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And here was the prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Could we say that together? God with us. Ready? Go. God with us. So don't forget that. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Well, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. 
And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So now Herod the king is a little troubled. He's a little bothered because here's this other so-called king who's going to rise up and is supposed to be the savior of the world. Now any king who is ruling does not want a competition to arise. And so he, he secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. But that really wasn't the truth. He wanted to destroy him. Well, after hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into their house, and coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what they understand is these gifts meant something. That they didn't just come, arrive and say, here's some gifts, goodbye. They stayed there, gave the gifts that meant something, and worshipped Him. And gold represented the king. That it was a, a, a gift fit for a king. And the frankincense was a gift of purity. That's what it represented. And then myrrh was a... It was kind of like a prophetic message being given of His death. That one day He'll die for the sins of the world. And myrrh was actually used to embalm those who had been passed, those who had passed on. And so these wise men came with, with a purpose. And they were impacted by the gift that God gave to the entire world. We're in our series, Simple Acts and Extraordinary Results. And in your Bible, excuse me, in your notes, there's a, there's a place for notes. And you can follow along and take some notes. Because we want to learn from these wise men why they, go through, why they went through all that trouble. What were they seeking? And then when they got there, how did it impact them? Because Christmas impacts all of us. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate this season because Christmas... It changes us. The birth of Jesus Christ changed the course of history for all of mankind. And you know, these wise men, irregardless of how difficult the travel would be and the journey would be, they, they searched for Jesus with all their heart. They didn't let anything take them away or distract them or discourage them along the way. And therefore, what we can learn in number one, seek Jesus with all your heart. Because it requires our heart to seek Jesus. Did you know that we can attend church but not receive a thing? Or we can open our hearts to Christ and be changed for all of eternity. It requires a heart. That's why he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Because we're seeking Him with all of our hearts. And my question is, what holds me back from seeking Jesus with all my heart? What holds me back from giving Him all of me? What holds me back? Is it I'm, I'm ashamed of Him? Is it um, i, I got to keep my, 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 uh, my reputation? What is it? Is it I'm afraid? I'm fearful? 
Or is it that I, I, I'm learning? What is it? What holds me back from giving Jesus my very all, my very best? See, wholeheartedly means the totality of one thing. The whole of one thing. Whenever you search for something, depending on if it's of little value or of high value, your heart will be given so much of it. So much percentage of your heart will be given to it. If it's of little value, your whole heart is not really put into it. I mean, if you're just looking for a pencil or something and, and it's not that high of a value, you just need it, then you're not really searching with all your heart. Unless you have to sign an important document and you need a pen, like a marriage certificate. You're looking for that pen. Or, let's just say you got lost in a store. Or your child got lost in a store. It's not like you're looking for a sale item. Like you can just shop around. No, you drop everything to search for your child. I remember getting lost at about seven years old. And you go through different phases. You know when you're lost? And, you know, the first phase is fun. It's fun because, you know, you're just, you're just walking around and, and, you know, you get distracted because of the toys. You, you play with the toys. And I used to love the toys that weren't in boxes. You know, the ones that you can just play with, the, the little, uh, you know, guns that you could press the trigger. And it, it's good to go. They have the batteries in them. And then, and then you know, like the bubble gum machine, you stick your hand inside, try to get a free gum and, and all of that. And you're, you didn't do that? Don't act like you guys didn't try to get free gum. Every kid does that. You shake it. You're like, come on. But then you get distracted and then you look up and then phase two is like the, the, the attendance check. You know, like, where is everybody? Where, where is everybody? And then you take, you take roll. It's like, ma, dad, uncle. And then the next phase is fear. You know, fear starts to set in. It's like, ma. Ma! Ma! And the store comes real big. And then you forget about the toys. And then the next phase is reality. I'm lost. Ma! Mom! And everybody walking by is like, my mom. Mom! And then the next phase comes in. It's a search and rescue. You go find someone because you need help. It's my mom. My mom is. The security guard comes and you got to stay by them. And so they kind of keep you busy. They, you know, play psychological games with you. So, what kind of toys do you like? <laughs> I like the green toys where I don't get lost. <laughs> I like my mom. And so you wait and then it's that phase of reunion. When you see your parents like, <laughs> why are you guys leaving me? Just leave me. Say, why'd you leave? You're supposed to stay right by mommy. I told you to stay right by mommy. And then the last phase, what is the last phase? Cracks, lickens. <laughs> we hate that last phase. It's like, are you okay? You okay? Good. How many times I gotta tell you? You stay by mommy. Hang on to this rope. Hang on, I gotta tie this on you. You stay by mommy. When you feel them pulling, you come with me. Now they have leashes. You buy the leash and you just hook them up like bodyboards. And if they get trampled on, you drag them along. And you're in, this, you're in this frenzy because what is most precious to you must be found. And you don't, you don't care about the shopping. You don't care about the sale. You didn't even care about your wagon. You're looking for your child. And I thought, you know, when there's something precious, 
you search for it with all your heart because it's that valuable. May we value our relationship with Jesus Christ because He searches for us. We're that valuable to Him. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We're that valuable to the Lord. And I thought, these wise men, they searched with all their hearts. Nothing else mattered. They weren't going to be deterred. They weren't going to be discouraged. And I'm sure along the way, they, they maybe came to a place of, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if we can carry on. Maybe they came to a place that it was hopeless. But they still persevered. I thought, why go through all that trouble? What, is the, what were they thinking? What was the value? Because remember now, they were, they were following the star in the hopes that they would find the Savior. That was the hope. And they trusted in the Word, in the prophets, in the Lord, that what they were searching after, they would find. Now the shepherds who were in the field at that time were amazed because they found the baby exactly how the angels said they would find them. And it's in Luke chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. And they said, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And the, the shepherds saw the baby and they were amazed. Because God gave us a Savior, the one who saves us from our sins and gives us eternal life. That's the impact Christmas has on us. It's more than just the busyness. Christmas impacts us more than any other holiday. It has that much of an impact on us. I know for some we would say, but oh boy, this is a difficult season in my life. We're going through the, to, through the first Christmas without a loved one. And it's a hard time. And Christ understands that. God understands that. That's why He gave us the Savior. To bring us peace and goodwill to all men. He's the Comforter. The person of the Holy Spirit will bring that comfort. Therefore, the wise men, you know what they teach us in number two? Endure through difficulties. Endure. Because there is something at the end. There's God's promises that when we endure through the difficult times, there's His promises. And the question really is not, will we encounter difficult times? The question is, where do I want to end up after the difficult times? Because that's our choice. We get to choose where we want to end up. You see, Jesus gives us hope. But we must endure towards hope. We can't give up. We can endure through difficulties in Jesus because we know there are promises at the finish line. But we beware because in this world, there are false finish lines. There's false finishes. You know what a false finish is? It's when you think that that's the promise and it's not. You think that's the end? You think that's what's going to bring life's satisfaction? And it's not. You come to the place and you're only empty. Or you think that you're done with this, whatever it is, and you're, you're going to be okay. And then next thing you know, that's not true. It's a false finish. We were getting ready for our service last Sunday, and we were cutting out these papers, and we had to paste them together to make these big signs. And so we had stacks of paper that we had to cut out. 
And you have to cut it out in a certain way so they all match up, so it spells the right thing. And so we had this stack, and it was supposed to take one person about three hours. So we all got together, and we all worked together. And little by little, we saw the stack going down. And then after a while, we said, we're almost done. We're almost done. And finally, the last stack, and we were done. And we said, yes, we're done. And someone said, oh, no, I have some more. I said, what? Where'd that come from? Well, I took a stack for me, but I was using this stack, and so I forgot. And so we brought out that stack, and it almost knocked the wind out of us. It's like, oh, man, we thought we were done. That's a false finish. You think that you're done, but you're not. And I thought, how many false finishes do we come to in this world? That we think that this is what's going to satisfy my life's craving but only come to the end of it and it's empty. It's like we put our hope into something of the world that's promising, and then when you get there, it's still dissatisfying. You see, the Savior is the one that quenches our soul's thirst. He's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who impacts us in that way. That He satisfies all of our heart's desires. Hebrews 12.2, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, when we endure through the difficulties with Christ, then there is no false finish, because we're not looking to the finish line, we're looking to the finisher. And the one who does these things in our lives is the one whose promises always come to pass. He's the one that has the strength to help us endure. Endure means to remain, not recede or flee, to persevere. Or when under the misfortunes of life and, uh, and trials, hold fast to one's faith in Christ. You hold fast to your faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.26, it says, Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. That's what we need right now. We just need that faithful endurance to persevere because we're with the Lord together. Remember, Emmanuel, God with us. He doesn't leave us. God's simple gift of Jesus Christ comes with His promises. Endure in your relationships. Endure in your marriage. Endure in your family through the difficult seasons. Endure at your workplace. Endure with the economy. Endure with your finances. Don't give up. You continue to move forward. See, the wise men endured every obstacle along the way and found the Christ. And they fell down before Him and worshipped Him. In other words, they celebrated the Christ. And you can write that in number three. When they found Jesus, they celebrated the Christ. They gave Him their gifts, but they celebrated the Christ. I'm sure they felt relieved that they finally arrived, but they didn't celebrate the destination. They celebrated the person in which they came to find and that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's, it's not because of the day that we arrive on the day, but we celebrate the Christ in who we came to see. You see, the impact of Christmas is truly experienced when Christ is celebrated. 
And you know, a part of uh, celebrating Christ is gifts. That's why we give gifts, because God gave us a gift in Jesus Christ. And so we are just like God. We're made in His image. We're not God. We're like God. That we're givers. And so we give gifts out. And so we celebrate in that way. We decorate. Why? Because we're celebrating Christ. We decorate a tree. The tree reminds us that Jesus died on a tree. And that the tree brings life as God brings life. I know some people, they'll say, oh, we don't want to decorate. We don't want to, we don't want to celebrate because that's, that it's, it's now taken away from Christ. No, it's not. It's not taken away from Christ. We're celebrating the birth of the Messiah. I mean, I'm glad I get gifts for my birthday. I'm glad we celebrate. I'm glad people decorate for birthdays. When we celebrate our child's first birthday, we go all out. We do a luau. And we decorate everything. We spend hundreds of dollars on our first birthdays. And I thought, why not celebrate the Christ in that kind of way? Now, you don't have to you know, be so extravagant where you go into debt, where you turn on your you know, lights and your electricity bill is like $10,000. Unless you can afford it, then by all means, go for it. But we do these things because we celebrate the Christ. And within that... We experience the love of Jesus Christ. Just don't forget Emmanuel, God with us. When you celebrate with your family, don't forget God with us. Many of you will pray before you open gifts or you'll pray before you eat dinner. Don't forget God with us. God gave us a Savior. For unto you, as Luke 2.11 says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. Be excited about the gifts, but celebrate the Christ. Be excited when someone gives you a gift, even though you may not like it, because it is not the gift, it's the heart behind the gift. Right? Let me put a little disclaimer for husbands and wives. Just know that, yes, it is the heart behind the gift, but make sure it's bought with a good heart, not a cheap one. A good heart. Just thought I'd throw that in for the marriages to go well this season. <laughs> Think about it. The birth of Jesus Christ changed everything. It gives us hope when it's dark. It gives us hope when it seems hopeless. Imagine if God did not give us a Savior. Can you imagine life without a Savior? Jesus, the Savior, gives us enough reason to celebrate Christmas. See, the wise men, they brought these gifts to Jesus and they worshipped Him. They celebrated the Christ. And sometimes we celebrate the breakthrough of something we've been going through, a difficult time period. We celebrate that, oh boy, I remember those times we broke through that, but we forget about the Christ. Celebrate the Christ. Matthew 1.23 reminds us, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call His name... Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. We should all be encouraged, even though life may come with complications, even though life may come with worries and doubts, problems, complexities, even though life throws at us the most difficult time periods, Emmanuel, we should be encouraged because God is with us. Amen? Amen. You can close your Bibles and put away your notes.
in your Bible, in your uh, bulletin, there's these invitation cards, and I want us all to take this out if you have them. If not, you can head to our information center, and they have extra if you want to uh, grab some and hand these out. And it reminds us of our Christmas services and our time schedules. And I'm just going to test you. This week, Wednesday, what time is service? What time? That's right. Aole. No more. So there is no service on Wednesday night because of our Christmas weekend service. But our first service is Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Okay, if you show up Wednesday night or 5.30 a.m., nobody's going to be here. And if you do show up, come inside, dig weeds, clean the garden, do something. Might as well. You came all this way. So do something. And then the following week is New Year's Eve, uh, our New Year's weekend service, which is Saturday, same time, 5.30. And then for our Christmas Day and our New Year's Day, what time is second service? 8 o'clock. Third service is? 10 o'clock. So let's review. First service is Saturday at? 5.30, Sunday morning. Second service? 8 o'clock. Third service? 10 o'clock. Mike, cut E. So now as we go through this weekend service, some people are saying, Oh, I'm bringing my family and friends for the first time and you guys aren't going to have food. You guys aren't going to have breakfast. You're not going to be serving at the well. And I wanted to show them everything that God does here. Well, you can bring them after New Year's Day. Because then we'll get back to our normal times. And and here's the heart behind that. Usually there's close to 100 people serving in that area. And so what we wanted to do is make sure that we spent time with our families. Because sometimes they, they come here sometimes 3.30 in the morning. And so we, wanna just, we wanted to just make sure everyone was with their family and, and spend Christmas together. In fact, that's our message Christmas weekend is, is celebrating Christmas together or enjoying Christmas together. And so just for our Christmas uh, weekend service and our New Year's weekend services, we won't be having dinner or breakfast. But you can treat them to breakfast. Or they can treat you, however that works. But spend time with them. Because that's what Christmas brings. It brings the joy of relationships. So spend time together and take these and hand them out. And it has a special service times on there. And don't forget, God with us. And I was reading this one interview. And because Christmas around the world, it impacts us. And they were interviewing some people... And just like in, in America, in Tokyo, Japan, Christmas is a time that, it's, that uh, businesses do well. 60 to 80% of the year's profits are made during the season of Christmas. And so the commercialization of Christmas is a big thing around the world. Well, they were doing these interviews on the street and they came across this one lady and, and they said, What does Christmas mean? What is it all about? And she kind of stood there and she said, um, is that when Christ died? And the interview was kind of taken back. And, and I thought about it and I said, you know, for many people during this season, to them, it's like Christ has died. Because they don't understand the gift that God gave to all of us in the Savior. Or maybe you're one that you don't look forward to Christmas because you lost a loved one. And it's your first Christmas without your loved one. 
Or maybe you're going to spend Christmas all alone and you're saying, I don't look forward to this season. I hate this season. Endure through the difficulties. Because this is the body of Christ. And this year, we get to spend Christmas together with you. So next week, Sunday morning, you come and spend Christmas together. Because you're not alone. God is with us. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this season of Christmas. Because it reminds us that we don't celebrate the day. We celebrate the Christ. And during this season, Lord, I know there's many that... It's a, timeful, it's a time where it's a painful period, painful season. But Lord, you are with us. So may you strengthen all those that are going through this difficult time. That they would endure to the very end because you're with us. I pray for those who may feel like they're all alone. That you brought us all together this year to spend Christmas together. And I pray for all of us that as we head out of these doors today that we will invite people to hear the message of Jesus Christ, that you gave us a Savior, that it is Emmanuel, God with us, because that is the true impact that Christmas brings. And so we thank you. May you be blessed by this season that we celebrate the Christ. In your name we pray, and we all said, Amen. Amen.